Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Spring is here. The real estate spring market anyways. Hello, I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we're excited to welcome you back to another episode of Life's Inside Track, where we share techniques, thoughts, and tools that we all need, we all deserve, you, I, everyone, to turn our house into home where our families thrive and we live the best life possible. So Yetta, the real estate market, the spring market. Mm Mm-hmm. When did it really start? Well, it started. It's already started. I know you're thinking there's snow on the ground. It's two feet deep. (laughs) We're in the deep freeze. What do you mean spring has sprung? Well, the February, February is when the real estate spring market happens. Usually like two months before the real spring market. And so when you're thinking, and I mean, what you're going to learn on this episode is how to time it how to time the spring market and what it really is versus what you might perceive it to be. For years, people have called me in May Hmm. and April and said, I'm ready to list my home because it's the spring market. And they'll still sell. They'll still sell. They will absolutely sell. Except if you can jump on the spring market before the height of the real estate market, here's the secret. Oh, I'm not allowed to whisper on radio, but here's the secret. I'll yell it instead. So here's the secret. (laughs) It's not a secret if you yell it on radio. Right. Well, here's the insider tip because we do offer you insider tips. So here's the insider tip. Maybe it's not a secret. That is 60 days before the height of the real estate activity, the homes that are on the market will already be sold before the frenzy begins. Hmm. And you might be thinking, why is that a good thing? Well, that's true. And what we found is that many times hmm. we put in, in the 31 years right of real estate sales that the properties we put on in January and February, right. by the time March, April comes around, they're mm-hmm. all sold. And those people have their 60, 90-day closings, Mm -hmm. maybe 120 days, Mm -hmm. and they're actually moving while it's warm. Right. And the beautiful thing is for those that have their market, their house on the market, what you might perceive is early. Because I've been told before, Yetta, you don't see the snow? It's like, (laughs) I see the snow. I see the deep freeze. I see the freezing rain. I even drive in this stuff. And... Yet, if you've got it on, the great news is, although there may be fewer buyers to look at those homes, there's actually a lot less inventory. So because there's a lot less available, you're actually positioned to take, I don't say take advantage, but get the benefits from the spring market. Hmm. That's absolutely true. And history has shown it, except for, oh my goodness, what happened with COVID? In COVID, Mm. you know, our market was hot. February, first two weeks of March in 2020, houses were flying off the shelves. Oh, and that's the other thing. 
I totally forgot about this. If you want us to bring your home to market, we've got to get a photographer in, help you set it up, get the marketing started, wait for the uh, virtual tour to be processed. So it can take up to mm-hmm. a week to actually week, week and a half to get your home what? to market. That's after you make it clean. Hopefully you make it sparkly and clean because the last thing you want is that heat of February, March where the sun is getting pretty sharp and the outside is bright and you can see the dust on your window. You can see the dirt on your floors. Yeah, don't want that. So before we get to do our part of the job or our magic, you get to do your magic and make (laughs) it really sparkly clean because it's amazing when the snow is white and the sun reflects off the snow and bounces in your windows, you see things you didn't know was there and you don't want the buyer to see any of that. That's true. It is. That's true. And also there's sometimes that uh, what's that grunge that gets on your windows in the wintertime that, you know, because especially if you left your screens on. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to put moisture. a little caveat there because just <laughs> the other day I was talking to somebody who was saying, I love Yetta. I love all those posts that you've been putting on your Facebook page because we did back in last October, we did maintenance month for outside getting ready for winter. Now we're not doing that. Then we moved into interior and then we move into how do you get ready for the spring inside for outside. So we every month we kind of do a bit of a theme. And she said to me, you know, Yetta, when you were sharing that back in the fall, I didn't know why I had this gnarly, nasty black stuff on my windows. Why did I have it? Where was it coming from? And then you shared that, like Ken just said, the screens have to come off. We don't have to. But if you have inside screens that are pressing against your frame of your window, what happens in the winter in particular when you're not opening your windows too often, unless you're one of those people that love to leave the freeze and you sleep in the cold, cold. Most people, though, keep their windows closed all winter long, Mm -hmm. short of maybe a warm, sunny day. And so when you cook, when you shower, when you breathe, we're emitting moisture and it goes through the screen gets trapped on the other side, sticks to the glass as water droplets, rolls down and sits in the ledge of your window frame. And that black icky stuff that she was talking about, well, that'd be mold, nothing but mold. And that's nasty to breathe in. So every October, when you're not going to have your windows open much anymore, when the bugs are gone, Pull your screens off, find a spot in your house to store them, leave them there until you want to open your windows again in, well, in Ottawa, I don't know, how late is that? (laughs) April? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe even May. Yeah. So that was a great segue and and distraction, but we're going to get back to last year, the spring market yeah. never really happened. Not in, in what, spring. In what people think is the spring, the mm. May, the April. Those months, real estate was like 60% down, 50% in down. In terms of volume, except those that sold even in that market sold for really good prices. Yeah, it was a weird market because we mm. had such a pent-up demand of buyers mm. that they were still willing to go out and, yeah. and do whatever it took to get a house. Right. And so... 
the neat thing is the rest of the year made up for that 50 and 60% that we were down in, in yeah. April and May. The rest of the year, we recovered that, and the year actually ended up better than it did than 2019. Yeah. Just crazy. Well, it is, but when you have, and when you have less properties on the market, there's less competition, which often means a faster sale, which is kind of cool, <laughs> right? Despite popular belief. Yes. And you know what? Some of my clients, this, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw this in here. <laughs> Some of them go, let's sell it when there's snow because my lawn's not very good. It got burnt last year. My lawn did. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It got we, burnt. Don't, we don't want to talk we about that. Talk about no that. distractions about burnt lawns. As soon lawns. as the snow is gone this, this spring, I've got to do some landscaping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. So despite the forecast, Live Like It's Spring came from Lily Pulitzer. Yeah. Temperatures are very low. Inventories even lower. But buyers are hot. Really hot. We've created for you over 423 episodes with insider tips, real estate insights, how to make house home, creating wealth and harmony. And here's the great news is you can get a hold of these episodes at home, on the go, or even in your office if you still get to go there. Yes, so buyers are hot. What do I mean by that? There's leftover pent-up demand of buyers Mm -hmm. that haven't found a home yet. And maybe they've been looking for three months, Uh maybe four months, maybe five months, maybe even a year. They might have put in five, six, seven. I've heard of 10 offers on different properties. I heard 52 from somebody. What? Yeah. No, no, that was the total number of offers she'd done. Not for one buyer. Seriously? One buyer? 52? Between, between getting a house for anybody. Yeah. So it was 52 offers without actually procuring a house. Maybe wow. it, wasn't the, it wasn't the same buyer, but regardless. Okay. But Ken, can you imagine? The paperwork involved. Like, can you imagine the paperwork involved in writing 52 offers and not winning any of them for your client? Now, that's a conversation that you want to have one-on-one with us because that's not necessary in this market or in any market, really. That's that's Never had that happen. Mm -mm. No, we've never experienced that. So in this episode, what you're going to learn is that many times... Our clients have been shocked, shocked, because they're thinking this isn't the time. It can't be now that it's time to sell. And yet, when they've relied on our experience and seen what 31 years of navigating the market, and actually, if you add up the team, we're talking over 80 years. That was kind of scary when I did the math. (laughs) What? Yeah, I know. 80 years of experience? Yeah, 80 years. How did that happen? I know. How did that happen? Because... Yeah. How did it happen? Anyway, when they rely on that, they're shocked and surprised by the amazing results that are actually there to be had, even in February. And if you're watching a replay of this, you're thinking, well, it's July. Well, it doesn't matter what time of year we're having a conversation. There's insights that you can't learn if you haven't done a ton of experience, right? If you Mm. haven't done a lot of sales. I mean, we've helped, what, over 2,750 families navigate 
the buying and selling. That's a lot. Yeah, I guess you just say a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so what happens mm. if maybe you th- say to us, well, why would I put it on in February? Because I need to move in like four months or five months or, uh, you know, my relocation is going to happen in the summer. What about that, Yetta? Well, what's incredible is I had a client, actually. We did a Zoom call because we weren't face-to-face. It was still pretty much the height of COVID. And they said, you know, we're not moving till next year. It's seven months from now, almost eight. I guess it was nine when we started the conversation. So we're th- we're not sure what's going to happen with the prices. We're not sure what the market's going to be like where we're going. It's nine our f- months? You can have a baby in nine months. Well, we anyway, so we had a conversation <laughs> and we talked about the merits, the downs, the ups, the what were the risks of putting it on now? Well, the one risk is they wouldn't know for sure that the market wasn't going to be even stronger when it came time to move. Mm-hmm. The risk was also what if the person couldn't get their financing when the time came? So that's a risk you want to think about. Mm-hmm. The other risk was what if the prices dropped and the appraisal didn't come in? So we ha- we explored all those possible risks. And then we talked about the upsides. The upsides are always kind of fun. And the upsides were, well, if I know my house is sold, then I can go buy what I want, when I want. At leisure. At leisure. And I have no pressure about timelines. And the other incredible thing they decided was I also know for sure how much money I have to spend. Yes. I've got my money in my pocket. So inquiring minds want to know, what happened, Yetta? What, what happened? What, what happened? happened? What happened? It was actually really cool. I gave them all the information, laid out their options. Options are wait. Options are do it now. Third option could be never do it. However, that wasn't going to happen for these folks because they were going to move back home. And so Ottawa wasn't their original home. So they wanted to go back where their kids were. And that's fantastic. So we laid out the two options. I gave them some time to go think. Did some more research to kind of get a feel for what was the probability of it all coming together and how many buyers, so this was another risk, how many buyers would we lose because they weren't willing to wait? And then I thought of something pretty incredible. How long does it take? How long does it take to wait for a new build? If you want a new home, Good question. a year, two years, it could take six months. It could take one year. It could take two years. 18 months seems to be close to average right now. So I thought, well, as long as I advise the realtors and the buyers up front, it may reduce the showings a little bit. However, I don't think it's going to eliminate our showings. So guess what they did? They decided to wait. No, actually, they didn't. They decided to <laughs> You're do it. such a tease. I know, right? My favorite thing. I've lived with you a long time. I've been teased a lot. So I got to do a little bit of payback. Uh, Okay, okay. Bottom line. Bottom bottom line. Bottom line is we got it on the market. We had our 38 showings. In how long? Eight days. 38 showings in eight days. Yeah, 38 Did did you just ask them to move out? Pretty much. And then we actually, because it was getting a little hard on homeschooling and the dog, and we actually blocked off some times where they could have a date night and have dinner in their own house. And we said, no, thank you to showings a couple of times. 
so that we got some life in the midst of that. How many offers? Five offers ended up showing up. And the incredible thing is the offer we ended up accepting. Not only did they give us our date, they Mm -hmm. actually gave us a flex date. So when there's high demand and low inventory as a seller, you have flexibility beyond. That's what the point of this message is. And then they got money. Oh, they got a lot of money. And then they got, I think one of the largest deposits I've seen for for our residential practice and commercial, sometimes you get some yeah. really, you know, fifty, hundred, two hundred thousand dollar yeah. deposits. Well, it was up there. It was yeah, hundred thousand dollar deposit. The people that bought it didn't need financing, so the risk of appraisal, the risk of any of those risks that had been out there were gone, and they gave them a flex closing. So if we find something sooner, we can, with forty five days written notice, move the date. Right. So it was phenomenal. So those things actually exist. Those are real life real time not made up stories these are the things you can't make that stuff up you can't make it up no sensationalizing at all so if you're thinking i want in on that i at least want the information for my house for my neighborhood so that i can decide for myself you know what to do yeah go ahead and spring into action (laughs) and give us a call we would just love to just Talk to you about your property, give you an idea on valuation. Mm-hmm. Even if you decide not to sell, you're armed with some great information. Well, and information is king. Well, and queen, and even <laughs> jester. No, like really, when you have the information. No, I'm the jester. Yeah, you are the jester. So it's at least king and queen. So when you have the information, you can make the best decision possible. Are people really wanting to get out of their house in February? Yes. I know I am. I am. Like by February, blah, usually we're gone. Like <laughs> well, somewhere. You, well, usually. We've been usually gone in January. That's the thing. Usually December, January, a little bit mm-hmm. slower real estate months. Mm-hmm. We can let the team take care of things. Mm-hmm. And we can go away mm-hmm. on a beach in Mexico or Dominican or somewhere. Aruba. Hot. Like Aruba. Anyway, so what you're going to learn in this episode is that spring fever really does happen. Spring fever Mm. is a time actually to spring into action. Spring fever is something that happens in the real estate market because people have been cooped up and this year way worse than normal because there is no bad weather. There is no bad weather. So I'm told. (laughs) My friends tell me this all the time. I think it's kind of funny. They say there's just bad clothing for the weather. Mm. I don't care. I'm not going out. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The weather outside is frightful. (laughs) So typically, people, we typically get away. And I think typically, a lot of our Ottawa and area populace gets away. Maybe it's a way to a friend's cottage, even in the winter, because a lot of cottages now are year round. Or maybe it's Mm -hmm. a way to visit family. And it's been over a year since I've seen my folks. And so... Though this whole COVID thing has very much, and I'm calling it a COVID thing because I, somehow it has less power when I call it a thing. COVID thing. A COVID thing. Yeah, COVID thing. The COVID thing. The COVID thing. I wonder thing. how the doctors and politicians would feel about you calling it the COVID thing. Well, Whatever. not necessarily <laughs> politically correct. However, during the COVID thing, the spring market 
the spring fever is even greater than it would be in typical years. Yes, and we've seen that. Mm -hmm. We've seen uh, people wanting to get out, mm -hmm. people wanting to mm -hmm. buy a property, especially mm -hmm. sometimes. And, and we're seeing a switch of properties, which is kind of bizarre. People in the city want to get out and have some country space, more mm -hmm. space between the houses so they can walk around, they can play in their yard, whatever. Mm -hmm. Some are moving to cottages or waterfront properties because they they can't spend their money on vacations and they're reallocating that money into their real estate, whether it be renovations. So uh, many renovations. Pools. And the crazy thing with renovations is the prices have gone through the roof. And yet, if you're not going anywhere and you've been saving all that money, it seems to not be stopping the renovation. They're taking longer because it's harder to get supplies and the prices have gone kind of right. through the roof. And yet, it but again, is it's that continuing. Cabin fever, right? You're mm -hmm. stuck inside too much. Right. So you want to change your environment right. or you want to change your location. And so people are moving from their small condos in. Other people are saying, I'm sick and tired of the snow and shoveling, and they're moving into condos. It's great. It's like the ex this is what we call the great exchange. <laughs> and it's not necessarily the same person that's exchanging with another person. This, although I have done that a few times where we've done the great exchange. That's special. Which is very special. And yet we're seeing transitions go in both directions, both from the city to the country and from the country to the city mm -hmm. and different styles of houses. So there does, there doesn't seem to be a type of house, which is fascinating because usually like over the last 31 years, I would tell you that there was trends in a given period of time where there was easier to sell when the gas prices spiked, there was a harder time to sell properties that had to be commuted to. That's true. Right? And then when interest rates went high, it changed ability to purchase. When interest rates went low, it made purchasing easier so people could buy closer to town rather than further away. Mm. Right? And now with COVID, it's causing a complete, it feels, hap it feels haphazard. Almost couldn't come out of my mouth because it feels so foreign to what we're familiar with. So well, predicting is and, so much more yeah, difficult. And you may be wrestling with that decision mm. because you may have been said you're going to be working from home. And I've heard of companies that they have mm. let their leases go. They've sold their buildings. Mm. They're saying, no, everyone's going to work from home from now on. Like, and, yeah, and starting so, now. And so that, or starting that then. increases the cabin fever. It maybe says, oh, I don't have a, uh, a room that can be my office. I need some space that is separate from the family because I go to work for eight hours and I can't have the kids running in and, you know, you're on Zoom calls and all this sort of thing. So sometimes people need a different house just because now they have to work from home. Or the other big thing we're finding, if it's got great internet, it's a great house. Right. If you got bad internet. <laughs> Your home's actually harder to sell unless it's a retiree only. But then even a lot of retirees want to connect with their kids and their grandkids. And the only way to connect with them is online. So yeah. they even want good internet. We actually lost the sale once because mm -hmm. the internet speed was not fast enough yeah, for, for working from home. And, and they come into the house, do the test speeds. 
figure it out because if it doesn't work, even if it's the perfect place to call home. And so the good news is there's more emphasis on getting internet to wider areas and to get high speed internet to a much broader area. Yeah. And we learned a little trick. I did it at the church, actually. Yes, you did. You could not get high speed Mm -hmm. upload, decent down, but not great. And so mm-hmm. what I did was I, and, the, and the, even the cellular reception was poor. Terrible. So, what so, do you mean poor? So terrible. terrible. So we put an antenna up on the roof or on the tower, actually mm-hmm. 50 feet above the church. Mm-hmm. And that antenna boosted the cellular reception. And we can run LTE wireless. It's a little more expensive, but we got super fast speeds now. And so if you're thinking, I got to get out, I got to get outside, a great thing to do to get outside is get out and do some dreaming. Where do you want to live? What's next for you? Mm. What is best for you and your family, given the new lifestyle? Because I don't think this thing is going anywhere anytime soon. And even open houses, it's something that it's a little harder to do. So you really, to get in. People used to love to get out Mm -hmm. and do open houses just to get out of their house. Yeah. And you can't do that very much. Very much. Actually, Decker team has decided no open houses Mm-hmm. Because why put our clients and families at risk? And why put you at risk if you're when, somebody out looking? Yeah. The risk when is just... You can make an appointment if it's the right house. We do the full guide, eye guide tour. Mm-hmm. You can see around mm-hmm. the house. Make a decision whether you want to see it in person. And if you want to see it in person, we take the precautions to keep everybody as safe as humanly possible. So if you're thinking that a change, what about a change, Ken? Well, you know what they say, you know? A I do. change is as good as a rest. And I've noticed that even with our clients, that a change is as good as a rest, even if it involves all the work of a move. So if you're thinking it's worth a move, even if there's work and you're ready for that change, give us a call and we'd love to chat with you. We are so grateful that we get to be your advocates on the real estate and the life journey. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.